when my mom uh, would get on to us as kids, I would often try to figure out how she busted us for things that we did not lead on to. And my mom said that, she said, you got to understand something. The Bible says, be sure your sin will find you out. And, and I, I honestly, I, I didn't understand it, but I understand it more now, that God gives an insight to, to parents to be in tune with what's going on, that, that almost like a radar uh, of being able to know when, when my kids are quiet, I know that something's up. They're, they're covering something, they broke something, you know, I need to go check on them. And it's something about the heart of a parent when they're in tune with God. God kind of leads us to know something's not right, something's wrong. But I, whether that's the, the parent-child illustration, even when we're adults, it's amazing how we try to hide things in our lives. It's just something that's natural. Even Adam and Eve, when they sinned, they ran and tried to hide from God. And uh, in Psalms 44, verse 21, Shall not God search this out? For he knoweth the secrets of the heart. And so tonight, I wanted to do this Bible study, and I want you guys to really think about this because this is kind of a, a growing epidemic, uh, even in with churches where we, we hide sin. And now the sin could be anything, just so you guys know, it could be anything. But the, the truth of the matter is, we try to cover up things. We try to, we, we know we don't have things that are right. And you say, why is this such a big deal? Well, in Joshua chapter 7. I want, to do, I want to do a sit-down interview with Aiken. That's what I want to do. I want us men to sit down and say, all right, Aiken, you can tell me what happened, what was going through your mind, because I've often thought with different people that have fallen into sin and messed up their lives, if I could go to them and say, and I have done this, even last week, <clears throat> I had an opportunity to sit down with somebody, and I say, how did you get from here to there? What, what happened? I mean, have you ever heard the stories of, preachers and you think how did you how did that happen and I'll tell you guys one thing it doesn't happen overnight it doesn't happen overnight and nobody nobody is is um, to the point in their Christian life where you're not going to deal with it or it, it's not like it can't happen to you and so I, I realized that a lot of churches a lot of men live without the power of God on their lives and they might not even understand what's wrong they just understand that they can't seem to get anywhere. They can't win battles. Everything's a fight and they can't have the blessing of God. And let me show you. So Joshua chapter 7 verse 2. And Joshua sent men from Jericho to Ai, which is beside Beth Haven, besides Bethel, and spake unto them, saying, Go up and view the country. And the men went up and viewed Ai. And they returned to Joshua and they said unto them, Let not all the people go up, but let just two or three thousand men go up and smite Ai. And make not all the people that labor thither, for they are but a few. So there went up thither of the people about 3,000 men, and they fled before the men, about six men. And they chased them from before the gate even to Sherbarim, and smote them in the going down, whereof their hearts of the people melted because as, uh, and became as water. And Joshua rent his clothes and fell upon the earth, and his face before the ark of the Lord into the evening tide. And the elders of Israel and he and, the, he and the elders of Israel put dust upon their heads. You stop and say, what went wrong? Because here's the thing. They went up against a battle that the Bible is describing was easy. It, there's just something about it that this should not have been that hard, but they ended up failing 
and falling on their faces. But the thing about it, did you notice he said two or three thousand? How many did they send? Three thousand. And you step back and they even said, even for what they needed, they went to the, the higher degree of that and said, guys, this is, this is going to be easy. This isn't going to be that hard. And, and I, I experienced, man, and the reason why I'm saying this is because I'm talking to you guys. People that say life is just hard and I don't understand it. And I'm not talking about conquering Goliaths in our life. And that's a whole other message. I'm talking about the everyday things. This was just part of it. They evaluate it, send in a few guys, come back, we'll knock it out. It's done. Said 2,000, we'll send in three. They didn't know what it was like to lose because they rested with the power of God upon them, but they did not have it in this situation. Now, whose fault was it? Yell it out, guys. Whose fault? It was Achan's fault. Now, we know that because we're looking back, but they didn't know that. All they know is they were experiencing a lack of power. Now, this, this message you could, you could apply to a family within the camp because Achan was one guy, but it affected all of them. This could be dad in the midst of, of the family, but our sin affects other people. And the thing is, we're, we're a family. The Bible talks about, now if I was on the other side of it and I was talking about the benefits of being part of the family of God and of the fact that this arm needs this arm and this leg needs this leg and should the arm say to the leg, I don't need you. And, and you guys know that illustration. But at the same time, the Bible says... If one part of the body is hurt, it, it affects the whole body. And we're talking about the church. And that's why it's important for us to understand when we drag sin into the church or we drag sin into our families, and that's what I mean by the church. Don't, I'm not just talking about these walls. I'm talking about we are the church. Guys, I'm looking at the church right now. I'm looking at dads and fathers and leaders. And sometimes sin affects us in so many ways. It's not just a lack of the power of God that we're missing in our lives. It's a lack of the blessings. And we, we encounter little, simply, everyday issues in our life where we just fall on our face. We sit there and say, I don't know what's wrong, but I can't seem to even communicate with my wife. Or I can't seem to get anywhere at my job. And I did this, and God's just stepping back saying, you know why? Because you don't have my hand upon you. You don't have your blessing. It's not that, and just to give this mental picture, God said, I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. God doesn't walk out on us. But I look at it this of God standing over us and either he putting his power upon it or taking his power, his, his power off of it, his, his, his might. It's not a matter of God walks out on us, but man, we can easily experience where God's standing there watching them fight and them falling on their faces. They spied and came back, went in, and 36 men died and they were defeated. And they ran in fear. And they were broken over what went wrong. Things are a lot different when you have the power of God. You take the other side. All right, evaluate this. Think about Gideon. Think about Samson, how he slayed an army by himself with the jawbone of a donkey, or David defeated an army by himself with a stone, or the children of Israel walked around the walls of Jericho and it fell just by them walking. See, the, the, God has proven his power to say, I can do great with little, but at the same time, you can't do little without his greatness. That is, that is the illustration that he's showing us here. And the difference is the power of God. Too many men are living daily without the power of God upon what they're doing. And I do believe that it comes down to that we have the Aiken problem that we read in this passage. Now, I think I put this in your notes, and I want to give you an illustration or mental thought as we get into this. In Ephesians chapter 4, and verse 25, and if you have your Bibles or in your notes, I want you to read this. I want you to see this. 
Guys, the Bible affects our life. It changes us. I can stand up here and I can give you guys an outline, but I want you guys to see this and read it, understand what's going on, to give you the mental picture of what we're talking about. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 25. We're going to look at some sins, but I want you to understand the illustration here. Wherefore, putting away lying, speaking every man truth with his neighbor. If we are members one of another. We just talked about that. Be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. You know why this is so important? Listen to this. Neither give place to the devil. Neither give place to the devil. The word place means position or give him a spot. We're literally talking about sometimes we walk up and we invite the devil into our lives and into our families. And families that are in turmoil and marriages that are in turmoil and, and young people that are in turmoil that just feel like I can't be happy and I'm, I'm, I'm miserable I can't, I can't seem to get a grip on school and you're mad and angry. I was talking to a psychologist this last week and uh, it was totally not even connected to the study that I'm doing now. And they were telling me, and they said, it was a Christian psychologist that's gone to college and everything. And they said, did you realize that people that struggle with pornography, and she was talking about dealing with, with men and, 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 and these situations, They said that the symptoms that come out of this is not even what you normally would think of. And I said, well, what are you talking about? They say when a woman comes into my my office and they start talking to me, she said the first things that I started asking about is, do they have an anger issue? Do they seem to be blurting out? Do they seem to be in all these other things? And I'm like, what does that have to do with pornography? And she said something about, she said, Tony, I don't understand the spiritual side of it, but I know when you allow the devil to get in, He messes everything up. And all of a sudden, nothing is right. And I look at that and I thought, that kind of makes sense. When you're sitting there and you're miserable in in your life, it literally means you've, you've given a seat to the devil and allowed him to come in. And let me tell you, you let him in, he's not going to just sit there. And you're not going to notice it. And I'm not talking about, I think horror movies and everything have twisted our mind to understand what we're talking about when it comes to this. See, the devil is a sly serpent. He is subtle. He sneaks in. He slithers in. And he sits there. And he's subtle with everything that he does. He starts to mesh you up in ways that you don't understand. That what you invited in over here, and you feel the effects over here, it's all coming from because you've given place to the devil in your life. And he will take advantage of it. He will mess you up. He will ruin your testimony. He will make you miserable in so many ways. And we see this. He goes to work. Here, you think about that guy that's sitting there and he's got that pornography or whatever it is. And guys, I, I hate to tell you why I'm going to nail that issue more than and there's so many applications because it's so prevalent. It's around us. It's consuming us. It's tearing us apart. And I can't even talk this direct most of the time that I can't talk to this direct, but I will to you guys. Because I love you enough to look in you on the eyes and tell you no guy is above it. No guy is going to sit there and tell me that you don't struggle with these things. It is impossible. In the world that we live in today slamming it in our faces, rubbing our nose in it every single day, everywhere you look, as creative as possible, because that's how the devil works. And then when that guilt, 
that lust, those lies come out, and that husband, father, teenager, whoever you are sitting there, and all of a sudden, it's coming out of you just like, you know, spurting out with the anger or whatever, and it's guilt, it's everything, because the devil has taken up residence inside your mind. Verse 7, and Joshua said, Alas, O Lord God, where is thou that at all brought this people over Jordan to deliver us into the hand of the Amorites, to destroy us? Would to God that we had been content, dwelt on the other side of Jordan. O Lord, what shall I say when Israel turneth their backs before their enemies? For the Canaanites and all the inhabitants of the land shall fear, so hear of it. Stop and think about what is he doing? Now, what is Joshua doing? Joshua's sitting there saying, oh God, why did you do this? You know how many people that I talk to, you talk to, that sit there and says, I don't know why God won't bless me, and I don't know why God's out to get me, and I don't know why. And, and really, we need to stop. Before you start blaming God, you need to start looking at the secret things, because the idea is, we know we have those things in our life, but we think we have them hit enough where God doesn't even see them. Isn't it amazing that we'll have sin of even if something of lust and pornography or greed or hate or whatever in our, in our lives, and we'll still bow a knee and ask for God's blessings? You say, should we not pray for God's blessings? You're praying in vain when you're asking God to bless sin. We are praying in vain when we bow a knee and say, God, I know my eyes are in the wrong place. I know my thought is, mind is consumed with garbage. But dear, dear God, I, I'm not going to even mention that right now. I just need your blessing. I need your help. I need a car payment. I need a new job. I need this and that. doesn't work there like that. Here in verse 10, he says, O Lord, said unto Joshua, get thee up. He said, get up. What are you doing? Don't blame me for this. Wherefore liest thou thus upon thy face? God told him the reason. He said, Israel has sinned. Because let me tell you, if we, were, if we could be that blunt with one another, if we could just be man enough to look at each other and say, hey, Quit justifying it. Quit covering it up. Quit trying to look the other way. It's sin. It's what it is. Now, now we can step back and look at the cause of sin and the lack of relationship and all those things. But man, we need to man up and just being able to look at these things in our life and call them out for what they are. We need to be man enough as dads and fathers and leaders and friends to be able to hold each other accountable. To be able to, If God can do that with us, we need to be able to call each other out on that. Because it, it is creeping in, and I promise you, you have no accountability, and nobody's calling you on it. You will try to get away with it. I promise you, you will. It's human nature, your flesh. And I just, I, I don't want to see powerless fathers. I don't want to see powerless homes, and I definitely don't want to have a powerless church. So you, you better check this out. He said, he said, for I commanded them, for they have taken of the accursed thing, and have also stolen and dissembled also and have put it even among their own stuff. Therefore, the children of Israel could not stand before their enemies. Just think about that thing. You're going to have to fight the devil and you don't have a leg to stand on without the power of God. That scares me to death. Because you know what? It's fun to look at it and, and to get that cheap thrill. It's fun to be able to, you know, be enticed with that. But do you realize how we're cutting ourselves off at the legs when we're doing this? Our, our, our church needs us. Our community needs us. The hurting people that walk through the door of this church, they need us. And yet we're powerless. Sit there. Don't try to kneel down and try to pray somebody through something that they're, they're struggling with in their life if you don't have the connection with God like you should. 
It's not that God wasn't there. God was watching the whole thing. He's just saying, I'm not going to bless that, just so you guys know, and you're going to fall on your faces. But they turned their backs before their enemies because they were accursed. Accursed. Who sent in the camp. So let me walk you through this. If I could, you guys know the story. I know you know the story. But if I could sit down and, if I could ask Aiken and say, Aiken, come up here right now. You tell us, man. How did you do that? Because I promise you, this is what we are all doing. We sit there and go, man, I can't believe Aiken was, if I was there, I wouldn't do that. You'd be surprised what you would do. You've probably shocked yourself with some of the things that we've all done. When we get the opportunity, when we let our flesh get into control. Aiken said, I, I think this would be the first thing. He said, you know, he said, Tony, Fellowship Baptist Church, we drag sin in our lives when we get our eyes off of God. It's just the truth of the matter. I'm telling you, our only hope is in God because in this world, we're going to have it all around us. Our only hope is our relationship with God. Our only hope is what we tap in. Now look at Joshua said unto Achan, My son, give thee, I pray thee, glory to the Lord God of Israel and make confession unto him and tell me now what thou hast done and hide it not from me. And Achan answered and said unto Joshua and said, Now listen, indeed, I have sinned against the Lord God of Israel and thus, and thus have I done when I, boom, Stand there and says, you know what, God, I, I did do this, and I know what you called us to do, and I had a job to do. And Lord, if I would have just stuck to what you said, but I got my eyes off of you in the midst of what I was doing. He said, I saw among the spoils a goodly Babylonian garment and 200 shekels of silver and a wedge of gold and 50 shekels of weight. I coveted them. I took them. Behold, they are hid in the earth in the midst of my tent and silver under it. He said, when I got into the enemy territory, when I was in there and I was supposed to be doing one work, I got my eyes off. God did an amazing job of even getting them into the city and all that he did. It's just amazing. And he said, man, it was cool that I got to be part of that team that was able to go in there and do that. Then right in front of me, I, I think Aiken would tell me, right in front of me, I turned around and bam, it was right in front of my face. There it was. That's what he said. He said, I turned and I saw it. And guys, I'm gonna be, I wasn't there, but I'm, I'm going to just guess a little bit, okay? I'm going to guess a little bit. Aiken was doing his thing, and he saw it, and he looks around, and nobody's looking. And then he turns and walks away, and then he's like, well, you know what happens when we see things? It goes from our eyes to our brain. And all of a sudden, there's a whole world going on. Telling you what's the big deal. It's a spoil, it doesn't matter, it's, it's the enemy, take it, da-da-da, I'm going in. And see, the thing is, guys, I believe that this guy wasn't out trying to throw away everything. He just faced a battle that was stronger than he was. And I'm going to tell you guys that this sin is all around us. I'm just, I'm just shooting it straight to you guys. I'm telling you right now, it is all around us, it's in our face, it's easy to find, it's easy to see, and it's easy to get a hold of us. It's convenient. Man, I thought, I know the temptation that I had being a teenage boy and growing up. It wasn't like I was Samson and behold, the hand of God was upon Tony because he was going to be ordained as a pastor one day. I wanted to turn my head and check out a girl like anybody else. 
I, nobody is above that because it's our human nature. But let me tell you the difference from when I was a teen and people growing up or the world, not people growing up, the world that we live in today. When I was a teenager, we didn't have cable TV and I didn't have this. I didn't have the convenience that they have today. I remember people joking and the joke would be, you know, that you'd have to, I mean, honestly, you'd have to sneak into a 7-Eleven to get a Playboy magazine to look at something. You had to have guts to be able to do something like that. I'm saying it just, it just wasn't that convenient. And now the day and age in which we live in, a guy, when he is tempted, within five seconds can be looking at anything that he wants. He can delete his history. He can cover it. You know what we do? We go in and have it planned out that we're going to cover this and delete this and clear this and whatever. Do you know what you're doing by doing that? You just put that shovel in there. Just, just dig that hole in your tent. Office. It doesn't have to be a tent. It could be office or bedroom. Just dig that hole. That's all you have to do. Dig it deep and cover those cookies. Say cookies, it's that trail. Unless you, unless you don't speak computer language. There is a trail that is left, and we know in our minds, I don't want anybody to see this. I don't want anybody to know. And yet God sees the whole thing. We have no idea because I've covered my tracks and I've got it all figured out that, that now let's go out and fight a war. God says, you don't understand that you're going to reap what you did. You don't understand just because you covered it up doesn't mean everything is okay. It's not okay. Guys, I'm here to tell you it's not okay just because nobody knows about it. It's not. But we live like we've done something good to cover our tracks. We live like we accomplished something. And the truth of the matter is because we've buried it and we've hid it and we've made it accessible for us when we get back to our cave, our home, or our tent, that we've given place to the devil. We've invited him in. We've sat that sin there and made it accessible. And you know what? It's tempting to go back. Now it's everywhere. Can I tell you guys, it is everywhere. Driving down, they're trying to push the envelope on everything. It's amazing how we are so naive to think that you can watch these movies and everything. They throw it almost in every TV show. And all it is is just this, throw it out there for a minute. Just grab your attention, grab your thought, grab your mind. That's what he's trying to do, just for a second. But there's a reason for it. Let me show you. Go back to verse 21 with me. His, this is his confession. I saw among the spoils goodly Babylonian garment. And if you have in your Bible, circle I saw. Let me show you a progression. He said, I saw, which means it just captured my eye. Let me tell you guys, you cannot stop this for the most part. You won't. I wish you could. I wish I could tell you that you're not going to see it. I am a pastor. I want a pure mind. I want God's blessing and I want God's power. But I still see it. So, oh, no, you're such a perfect. No, it's the world I live in. Just went up to pick up one of our church buses. I'm walking through the mechanic shop, and they have the, the lid to their uh, tools open. Of course, those guys with their calendars and everything. And I'm just like, well, man, these are some sweet tools. I was like, oh, my. And just right in your face. 
You say, what are you, he, the devil is after us, guys. And the whole time, I feel like I'm a weirdo because I'm walking around like this, you know, I'm just trying to avoid that with all because it, it is easy to want to take that second look because it is so stinking tempting. And, and it's not going to be just some 500-pound chicken, you know, whatever. He's going to paint this incredible picture and make it look like something that, that's so appetizing. But that's how he works because he is a liar. He is a liar. And then he goes through the description, okay? And I saw 200 shekels of silver and a wedge of gold and 50 shekels of weight. He's describing it to God. God says, I know what you see, but it was so good. He knows how to make it look so good. And I promise you, when you see it, your eyes will begin to affect your heart. Because he said the next thing, I then I coveted them. Do you know what that coveted is? It is when it gets to your heart and your heart begins to go, your, your, your seat of emotions, however you want to put it, begin to go, you should look at that. Oh my goodness, did you? Oh my, ah, da, 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 da. and I tell you guys, one of the biggest tools we have going against us is curiosity. It's curiosity. It's just a matter of when you're not used to seeing that, and that's not in front of you all the time and saying, man alive and our minds just start going it starts going and it works on us like crazy he said i coveted them he said i desired it it played with my mind i I believe aiken maybe if he was there probably went in out four or five times went to do something else and he's like oh my god and then eventually he convinced himself to do what and took them and we take it and all of a sudden we bring it into our lives And we know that we can't just keep it there, guys. So we take it to the next level where we cover it up. We bring it home. And we put it inside of our lives and we cover it up. This is Satan's plan. Guys, if if you've not marked these verses in your Bibles, I want you to turn in your Bibles right now to Proverbs chapter 5. Proverbs chapter 5. And just understand that the Bible called this out years and years ago. Before there was ever internet, before there was ever magazine companies, before there was ever centerfolds or any other of this garbage, Proverbs chapter 5 and verse 1. My son, attend unto my wisdom, and bow thine ear to my understanding, that thou mayest regard discretion, and thy lips may keep knowledge. It's warning him, saying, I'm telling you, it's, it's got to start here. For the lips of a strange woman. Now, the strange woman was harlot. There's all sorts of terminologies and definitions and everything that I can give you guys for this. But I'll tell you, it's somebody that's not your wife. and somebody that's out of the bounds of what God has given us. And I'll tell you, if you're a teen, that applies to everybody, Okay. If you're married, it applies to the fact that it's anybody outside of your wife. And outside of that, the Bible has made very clear distinctions. You have no rights to look at it. Although it's in your face and although it's all around us and although it's going to be plastered with temptation everywhere. This, is, this could be a woman at work. Could be another girl in the church. 
could be a woman on TV, could be a woman on a magazine or a chick on a website or whatever it is. It's a strange woman that you don't have rights to. And he said, for the lips of a strange woman, this drop of honeycomb in her mouth is smoother than oil. Literally saying there is an appeal. It is sweet. It is tempting. It, it, is, it is the very fact that he said there is women out there that are going to make it so tempting that I promise you, you will want to look again. And the devil has set traps for us everywhere we go. Every magazine aisle, I'll tell you guys right now, every grocery store has a magazine aisle. Skip it. Skip it. Because I'm not talking Playboy, guys. I am talking about cycles. I'm talking about model cars. I'm talking about, they can't even do something about men's fitness without having a chick. And I'm thinking, what does that chick have to do with men's fitness? The whole thing is that it's, 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 they want you to pick up the magazine. They're in sales, guys. And that stuff sells. And what they've got to do is they're not after your morality. They could care less about your heart. They just want your money. She is a, a girl paid to entice you. She is photoshopped. She is every, and, I know, and I know we know that. And guys, just for the record, I was sitting there, that girl's not real and she's photoshopped and everything. That doesn't change the fact that she looks good. Doesn't change the fact that you don't want to look at it and say, there, there's not even a girl. You know what? Satan's bait looks awesome. And I know I use the illustration a lot about going fishing. You know what the thing is? You, you're looking for that lure that is all bells and whistles. It's got the spinner and the little beads on it. And it's got the, you know, everything that they know to entice. And I promise you, that's how Satan works. He throws right out and he just casts. And when it goes by that fish the first time, you know what you do? You pull it back. You throw it in the same spot where you know there's fish. And that's what he does with the church. He, he, and when I say the church, I'm not talking this building, guys. I'm talking about men. I'm talking about you guys talking about our computers and our TVs and talking about all the other junk that we're tempted with. He just throws it out there and he puts that spinner in front of us to eventually he's trying to catch our attention. This is the biblical example of a strange woman. Look at, look at Proverbs 6.25. Lust not after her beauty in thine heart. Say, man, I'm telling you, if you see the thing that God is warning us, it's not a matter of you seeing it, but it's a matter of it getting to our hearts. Lust not after it. Neither let her, what's the word? Take thee. Man, those are scary words with her eyelids. The, the word take thee is literally talking about don't let her capture thee. Isn't it funny how we can be preachers and men of God and deacons and leaders and all these other things and some chick can capture our attention so much. Isn't it funny how we can kneel at an altar and dear God, I want your blessings and power. And man, we can be so sold out and yet just a woman could have so much effect on us. Don't let her take thee, capture thee. And you got to understand, it will never satisfy thee, only make you want to come back. In verse 26, for the means... For by the means of a horse woman, a man is brought to a piece of bread. It will break you down and tear you apart. And the adulteress will hunt for thee for the precious life. Let me tell you, when it, just anywhere the Bible talks about the horse woman in the Bible, when you do that, 
you can just circle it right next to it, pornography. When I say pornography, guys, it does not even have to be labeled pornography by the world. It can be a swimsuit catalog. It can be anything, and I'm telling you, there is so much garbage when it comes to Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and everything else, that I promise you, it doesn't have to be labeled Playboy or any of the other junk for us to, to make it sin. He, he knows those labels over there scare us. So he labels it everything else, everywhere else, and then throws it out in front of us to where we're doing things innocent in life, and it still captures us. See, the thing is, we need to learn to delete we need to learn to protect. We need to learn to turn our heads. Because your spirit indeed is willing, but your flesh is weak. Your spirit indeed is willing, but your flesh is weak. And the reason why I tell you that, Ray, just being determined in your heart that you're not going to do it again is not going to work. It's not going to work. It's not good enough. It never will be. Because I promise you, by the means of a whorish woman, you'll be brought to a piece of bread. You, you will be devoured You'll be ate up with this. You say, no, I sit there and I've got HBO and I watch those shows. And I, you know, I, I go to the movies and I know that there's going to be that scene and I know this. But, you know, I, I've, I've heard this. Tony, I'm just, I'm just to the maturity of my life and that I can handle those things. I, I'm just that. The Bible never said that God designed you to handle those things, ever. Actually, he said in the very next verse, verse 27, Can a man take fire into his bosom and his clothes not be burned? No, you cannot. For you to sit there and say, I can look at it and it doesn't bother me, is the same thing for somebody to pick up a piece of coal and say it doesn't hurt him. You are lying. Can one go upon the hot coals and his feet not be burned? Achan would tell you that he knew that it was wrong, but he justified it. Guys, you know how much we justify it? Well, if, I, if my wife looked anything like that, then you don't understand. I'm starving in my, in my marriage when it comes to that. You know what the thing is? It, it relaxes me or this and that. We have a thousand justifications. You can come up with justification to look and do anything. You know what it is? It's your heart sitting there. Your mind sitting there telling you this and that. Same thing we do when stealing. Same thing we do when we, when we cheat on our taxes. Guys, all of it. I, I, I know we're kind of hitting on the pornography thing just because I have, don't have girls in here and I can. But I'm telling you, it's not just pornography we have to be careful of. It is lust, it is greed, it is pride, it is stealing, it, it is any of those things that we have to worry about getting into our hearts. Don't justify it. Here's the other thing. Aiken would tell you that he kept it secret from everyone, but he didn't keep it secret from God. And the reason why I'm telling you guys, because if we say that God is everything in our life and God is number one, then we need to acknowledge that God is who we need to please above all. doesn't matter. You sit there, Joshua had no clue. Joshua would have said, dear God, we failed in Ai because there was sin in the camp. Name him God. He didn't do that. So he said, God, why? And the thing is, your wife could be struggling in her marriage right now and you're upset with the way she acts. And God's going to call you on and say it has nothing to do with your wife. It has to do with your sin. You say, well, if my wife treated me better, man, get the sin out of your life. Get the sin out of the camp first so, so you know what's causing you to fail. When you've, let, you've given place to the devil, nothing's going to be right. Do you guys realize that the whole camp was hurt? Everybody was hurt from this because of one guy. 
You sit there and go, man, am, am, I, am I home? My kids won't listen. My wife is this. This is going wrong. Everything. You know why? Because you've, you've failed. You've lost the battle, okay? Your life is AI. And you're losing. You know, nobody knew, but God knew. God called him out on that because God was not going to deal with it or uh, turn his head. I, I, I take you to Galatians chapter 6, verse 7, where God says, be not deceived. Do you know why God said that? Don't deceive yourself of thinking it won't hurt you. And it's not a big deal, and it's just this one. God said, don't be deceived. God is not mocked. You can pull things over on your wife. You can pull them over on your family. You can pull them over on the government if you're talking about your taxes, but you will never pull it over on God. You will not make a fool out of God. You know why God let them fall on their face at AI? Because God said, I told you not to touch, and if you're going to do it, I will prove to you that without me, you can do nothing. Because if we could scoot around God's law and get away with it, then we'd think that we overcome God, or we've scooted around the rules. You cannot scoot around God's rules. You cannot lie. You cannot cheat. You can do it and deceive other people. You cannot do it. And God said, just so you know, you sow it, you will reap it. A lot of us are dealing with a lot of junk in our lives right now. And we will reap it not only through us, we'll reap it through our kids, we'll reap it through our marriage, we'll reap it. You cannot bring that in there and think that it doesn't affect you. And all of a sudden, just take the illustration, it's sowing and reaping. It's sowing seed in the soil and it grows up. But you know the thing is about sowing? That you can sow today and not see any of the results. You can sow it and not see anything for a couple weeks and all of a sudden... You go out there, and I remember when me and my kids did this six-by-six six little garden in our backyard. Nothing, nothing, nothing. And then all of a sudden, after a few big rains, man, just all these sprouts coming up everywhere. The kids were ecstatic. And the thing is, it came when I was not expecting it. There was no plan. There was no little timer that says, and on the third day, you'll see this, whatever. And I'll tell you, that's how our sin goes. When we think we've sowed it over here, and we thought we were in secret, and all of a sudden, it starts coming up, Bam! I, I had somebody recently tell me, man, I had all this garbage coming up in my life. And he starts confessing sin back here. And he said, but I thought that I, I thought that I covered it all up. Isn't it funny how Satan knows when to throw it in your face? He, when you think your marriage is finally doing well and all of a sudden that little thing pops up that you thought you covered up. You say, well, why would God do that? No, it's, it's, it's a principle. You're going to reap what you sow. God's going to deal with the sin because he doesn't want the sin. And he wants you being right. Aiken would tell you that secret sin hurts more than just you. I'm telling you guys, we're all connected. And if we allow sin to get into our church, we will lose the power of God. If we allow sin to get into our teenagers, guys, I'm telling you, you have such an important role to play, not only in our church, but in your schools. And it's getting to the point where our teens will be the only light in the schools. But I'm telling you, Satan's after them. And I'm telling you, the same thing comes with us as husbands and men and fathers and everything. When it gets in, it's not just affecting you. And that's the whole thing. I've got this figured out. I'm not hurting anybody but myself. You know, the whole story of Achan is to prove that it hurt a lot of people besides themselves. Can you imagine being there? And uh, you guys know the story. It even hurts the ones that we love. And that comes out the day that you have to sit down with your wife and explain to her. When you can't even lift your head and look her in the eyes. 
When she walks out of there, she wants to know why I'm not good enough. And I'm not trying to guilt trip you into it because the biggest thing is when you disappoint God, that, that's the biggest thing. But I'm telling you, it trickles down all the way. It affects so many aspects of us. Starting verse 22, what, what happened is they brought the family, the family, and they stoned them. And, and the thing is, you say that it's not fair. And I mean, even reading the results of that, I turn back and say, that's not fair. But the whole thing is sin doesn't play fair. Amen. You just have to remember that. Sin doesn't play fair. When that daddy gets in the car drunk, he gets off and he, and he crashes into that family that's going out for ice cream because, because they didn't do anything wrong. You say, that's unfair. No, life is unfair. Sin is unfair. The devil doesn't play fair. The Bible never says that. He's out to seek and destroy, devour is his goal. Let me, let me just close out with this. When you get to that point where you realize, what do I do? Verse 13, he said, up, sanctify the people and say, sanctify yourselves against tomorrow. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, there is an accursed thing in the midst of thee, O Israel, thou canst not stand before thine enemies until you take away the cursed thing from among you. The reason why I say that is, guys, you need to get it right. We need to go back and dig up what we've, dug, what we've hid inside our tents and just lay it out before God and say, God, I'm sorry. You know, I, I don't want the pain. I don't want the garbage anymore. I, w- I want to clear it up. I want, I want to make it right. And see, I, I, it, it is a hook and it is damaging and it does affect us. You, you know, the Bible says, in Isaiah 59, verse 1, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that he cannot save. Neither is his ear heavy that he cannot hear. But your iniquities have separated you between you and your God, and your sin have hid his face from you that he will not hear. You, th- you think about it, the Bible says uh, literally over and over and over again, you cry out to me and I'll help you do what you cannot do yourself. I believe one of the biggest tools that Satan has used on us is that tool of lust and pornography. He's using it on our marriages in, in, in a deep, harmful way. He's using it on our churches. He's using it on our young people because they're dealing with the accessibility of it more than we've ever dreamed. The temptation is right there, and I promise you, they're too weak. We are in our flesh without sight of God to handle it. But God made me a promise also in Isaiah. He said, no weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper. And as Satan turned around and he said, guys, I've got this great, i got this idea. I'm going to make it accessible. I believe with the power of God that God's power has the ability to even save us from that. And guys, you, you need to cover yourselves. And I'm telling you, us guys here at the church, we've got something called covenant eyes. I can't even turn it off. And on the top of my bars, uh, on my notification bar, I have an eyeball. Joe, does yours have the eyeball? I have an eyeball. Laptop has an eyeball. And, it, and it, it's just an icon of an actual eye. And I can't get on my phone or anything without me staring that eye. And the eye is the icon for the program that I have that reports everything to my wife and the guys. And I can't even remember who's all even on my account that I report to. Everybody. I, I, and you say, why do you do that? Because my spirit indeed is willing, but my flesh is weak. Even as a pastor, I, I want to I be above reproach. And more than I, I want to struggle with that temptation, I want the power of God on my life. And the thing is, until you, and I'm, I'm not trying to, this is covenant eyes. There's lots of different things. 
uh, even, even on my kids' stuff, I, I've got different things that is that. We pay for it and everything, but I tell you what, it's worth it. And no matter where you're at in your life, if you think you're going to deal with it by yourself, I'm going to promise you right now that you cannot. You cannot. Be determined, change your mind, whatever you want. But with the power of God, no weapon formed against us shall prosper.